Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Uh, this, of course, brought to you by our friends over at Pizzaville Pound 3636. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about John Manley. He has a brilliant idea. The longtime liberal uh, says we should just do a prison exchange for uh, Meng Wanzhou for the two Michaels, an idea that would not just break our hostage diplomacy. It would legitimize uh, hostage taking and put Canadians in danger. Kelly, I'm not sure what he's talking about, and how this guy could ever be a deputy leader at the federal level. But if that's his thinking, uh, it's scary. Well, it's been a long time since he was deputy leader. I'm not sure what he's been doing since then. But, uh, yeah, no, it would legitimize hostage-taking for any Canadian anywhere in the world. And it would uh, – it's just it's just a plain bad idea. And if I'm not mistaken, it would also make uh, our southern neighbors pretty angry with us as yeah, well Yeah, they might the not sign up. They might not sign on to... to that kind of thing to say, hey, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't agree that uh, hostage-taking should be legitimized in this way. Especially, like, didn't they ask us to arrest this woman in the first place? And I, I'm pretty sure they would like to have a have a talk with her before we send her back to China. But John Manley was also, but, after her arrest, was quick to say, Alyssa, well, we should have just kind of botched it and looked the other way instead of arresting her. And this is a guy that, you know, he was in a position where, you know, a lawmaker and here he's telling us to basically break the law. How are how are John Manley's ideas even getting the light of day? That's the first thing I'd like to know. And 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 who thought it was a good idea to to even publish them? I mean, they're like ratings of a madman. I have to think that he was during the snowstorm watching some old World War II spy movies and think, oh, let's do a prisoner exchange across the bridge. That would work. I, I, it it just absolutely boggles my mind. But I do know from what I've read that he is right now head of a, a telco. That, yeah, that uh, has Huawei communication. That has yeah. what that is, uh, you know, affiliated with or has done business with Huawei. So maybe that's driving some of his commentary. But the most, the scariest part about this is who's actually listening and who is even thinking that this is a good idea. Well, that's the concern, Rocco. Who in the Trudeau government thinks this is a good idea and might entertain it? Well, uh, at this point, it's uh, no one because the 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 silence has been deafening. Uh, no one is coming to his support. And and look at I don't I don't agree with the idea. Uh, but John Manley is not a not a madman. I mean, he's he's a person who's served this country well. But that and idea actually, is mad. No, the, I I don't agree with this idea. But after nine eleven, he was our guy uh, together with Homeland Security that. Uh, helped to shape the way the border then was uh, was arranged, and his relationships with the U.S. are very deep. Um, Which and, concerns yeah, me. But why would he have this kind of idea? Is, all is it this, takes is one is crazy this, comment to dispel being, all of that. Is this being floated for other purposes? I, that I don't know. Yeah, that's the concern. That's, I mean, the yeah. fact that we're even considering Huawei, which was brought up with the Trump Trudeau yeah. meeting today, and yeah. Trump made it clear Huawei's not happening. I mean, the fact that we're even considering it at this point in Canada is crazy. Well, I I was just saying that uh, Rock was right. Maybe it's being floated. Maybe this is yeah. uh, this idea is coming from somewhere. Yeah. Maybe this is why it's getting out there. It wouldn't be surprising to me. This is this we we see this all the time. 
Um, he's far well, enough away from the... Two, two, it's like when we things. showed up at the 70th anniversary yeah. in, in Vancouver and people were like, why are yeah. we doing this? Yeah. I thought, well, maybe there's another reason why and, and we're supposed to be there because there could be a conversation that could be had. I don't know. So there Two could things. Be. There was this crazy article that came out, you know, from the, the Chinese side where um, the... Um, the CEO and founder of Huawei, the father of Meng, um, was making these statements about, you know, how she's suffering and so on. And there is no equivalency whatsoever between the treatment think, that yeah. she is facing and our two Canadians being held in horrendous circumstances. You know, one of the one of the fellows has had his, you know, glasses taken away. They have lights on 24-7. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just... It's not even close. So that there's that issue. The second, on the Huawei and the 5G issue, um, the the U.S. Um, sort of consular and diplomatic uh, staffs in the last several in the last couple of weeks have just been making it absolutely clear that they do not believe there is any mitigation strategy where dealing with Huawei or companies ultimately controlled or answerable to the Chinese. Uh, government uh, can be part of a safe and secure um, system within within the West. And so they're making it clear that we simply can't choose them. Well, they are, but there's been an awful lot more chatter since the election uh, with Huawei, with the Chinese. You can clearly see they're flexing their muscle. I mean, this, the same gentleman you talk about, I yeah. have his name off the top of my head, uh, the CEO of, of uh, the owner of right, Huawei, right. whose daughter just happens to be the one who's arrested. You know, he made it clear yesterday that he's got more money than the Canadian government. He can yeah. do whatever he wants. And he's also announced that he's moving all his research development here to Canada. I, no, thanks. Good. Stay where you are. <laughs> I think it's interesting, though, that there's been this sort of bubbling of articles about Huawei and about um, the detainees, you know, one who is oil painting and the others who are sitting in a room with 24 hours of, of light and always apparently no glasses. But I find it interesting that there's been this sort of bubble up of articles. It, it started about two days ago. It's continued today. Is it going to continue tomorrow? And whenever I see a trend like that, I always think that it's leading up to something. Yeah. So. I don't know what that good. something is, uh, whether it's good or where it's bad, but there seems to be a lot in a row, and that is usually indicative of something. Yeah, and that's the concern. Is this government going to be strong enough to take a stand against China? I mean, we're easy to kick around in this country. That is the problem, is it's easy to kick candidates when it's down, yeah. and I don't know... Look, Australia is more dependent on Chinese trade than China, than Canada is, and they said no to Huawei for 5G. Right. But we have two detained Canadians, and we've already had our trade kicked around with our soya or our, our canola farmers. And I mean, it's cl- China's made it clear yeah. they're ready. They're ready to send a message. What that message might be? Maybe we should stop selling them coal, and we can sit, kill two birds with one stone. You know, clean, clear the air, make the make the uh, you know make the world a better place to live, and uh, you know, send a message to China. Well, I'd love to send a message, and I'd, I'd do it. The best thing we could do is take them off the sponsorship of Can- Hockey Night in Canada. Go away. Like that, that to me is just, I cringe every time I see it. Speaking of hockey, um, a couple of hockey coaches are in the news today. One, of course, is ex-Leaf coach Mike Babcock. And there's another, uh, what's the other team? Blackhawks? The Blackhawks uh, assistant Mark Crawford. Mark Crawford, coach yeah. has also been benched, uh, looking at allegations of bullying and such. And the allegations that uh, are against Mike Babcock are come from Stanley Cup winner 
Johann Franzen, and he describes his time playing for Babcock back in 2005-2009 as terrible. In fact, he said it was terrifying to go to the rink. Um, and I'll start with you on this, uh, Rocco. You know, these are old-time coaches from a totally different time. You know, maybe that kind of stuff was okay then. I'm a little surprised, though, that we hear about it now. It's hard to imagine that a guy who coached, you know, uh, Team Canada and has been around the league for this long, that this just, what, all comes out now? Well, look, why are a whole bunch of things coming out now? There's there's now uh, an openness to hear the stories in a way that before there was almost a... Uh, you know, this misguided brotherhood of machismo that, of course, you know, suck it up. Like the guy's just trying to make you better and push you um, to be a better player. No, th- these these are unacceptable behaviors. This is not something, if uh, what is being alleged is, is true, this is not something I would have wanted, you know, my son going through sports to face in, in, uh, in a coach or anyone else's son. Or um, daughter, for that matter. Okay, so like we're going to go decades back now, because once you've heard one or two, there's going to be the kind of this cascade, and, and there's bo- bottom line is the sport is evolving, Alyssa. So what do you do? Do you get rid of all these old coaches? I mean, do they all just get thrown to the to the side? Because there are a lot, there's a lot of bad behavior, whether it's entertainment or sports. Lord knows you look at the football. I mean, you can beat up a woman and, you know, do whatever, and you're still able to play. I think that as a, as a league, I mean, the NHL and also as a sport, hockey is the, the last to become woke, as they say. And now that these stories are starting to come out, yes, we're going to start hearing more about them. And there seems to have been a culture of silence. You know, I was listening to a call-in show today where they said, you know, have you or your child ever been bullied or had something untoward happen to them while they were playing? And the callers were mainly men. Were, they were heartbreaking to listen to, whether it's about something that happened to their kid or something that happened to them that they still recall in detail to this day. Mm-hmm. So, yes, maybe some of these coaches are effective and they, you know, like Babcock, you know, was uh, was one of the most winning coaches ever. But then when you hear about the tactics, it's like, is 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 this is what it's going to take? And when you ask kids, I mean, if they're going to play hockey and studies have been done on this, why are you playing? I want to be with my friends and I want to have fun. You know, sure, there's that 1% who, you know, may aspire to and may even get to the NHL. But I think that that uh, culturally we need to change and take away this whole bullying aspect. Uh, but some of the biggest bullies, Kelly, are the parents who have their kids in hockey. I mean, have you ever seen yeah, gone to a like kid's that. hockey one game? Of the, one, one of the few yeah. you know, sports where you pay somebody yeah. to be on the ice to bully. Right. I, I, I would also say that um, workplace bullying, whether it's hockey, whether it's uh, sports, whether it's politics, media, different places that I've worked in, it's what's common with a lot of these is the people who are put in leadership positions and in coaching and management positions are done so because they're really good at the job that they're coaching or or teaching. Yeah. But they have zero management skills. They have zero human resources training. They have zero uh, training on how not to be a jerk and bully people. And then we're sitting back and going surprised that people in interactions in incredibly stressful environments are reacting poorly because yet they've never been trained or given the tools how not to act poorly. And I'm not, that's not to dis, dis, that's not to allow people like Mark Crawford or Mike Babcock or anybody else off the hook, but it's just saying that we, we need to have a culture in the, in all of these communities where we actually train people to, to, to work with people so right. that so they can say, look, this. we weren't trained. This is what it was. And we only were acting within what we knew because bottom line, Rocco, is it's a very high pressured world. You win and you stay 
you lose and you lose your job. So these coaches, and I'm not giving them excuses, yeah, no. are under a huge amount of pressure. If they don't feel like their players are, are rising to the occasion, they probably snap the odd time. Well, Doesn't make it's it a right, question of but... the odd time and whether it's a pattern of behavior or, look, all of us have made mistakes. All of us have, have lost our temper at, uh, at times. But what we're, what we're hearing, what we're seeing is basically a pattern of behavior. That's very different and that's much harder to, uh, to, uh, to justify. And we're not talking about decades ago. Uh, it's very recent. I think that when we talk about this list, and I think that this was a bit of a lightning rod for a lot yeah. of the discussion, that Bob, Bobcock's, Babcock's list and how he used Marner to take that list and then went around to those players and said, you know, Mitch Marner thinks. I mean, that is so subversive. Who even thinks like that? That's the scariest part about that. Yeah, I and think a lot of people in management actually Kelly, think like that. That's a scary. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. But to, but no, to Kelly's uh, point, there are a lot of people who do have those type of behavioral tendencies in those positions and the bottom line is is that most 99% of the rest of us are too afraid to stand up to that person. And, and all I'm trying to say is we, we shouldn't say it's okay what they did but what I'm no. saying is we actually need to put some tools in place so it doesn't continue to happen. Right so and, then what and, do you do? And for do... a sport where these coaches are paid millions of dollars they should be able to afford to put the systems in place. Exactly 100%. <laughs> Well, again, but let me ask you this then. Where were Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier, the ambassador of the sport, or Sidney Crosby? Why didn't they speak up and say, look, we've got a problem in this league. They were happy to take the money. They're superstars, but I have not heard one word from any of these guys. nobody would have said anything. Well, if you listen to uh, the way Wayne Gretzky was taught, taught in his, as a kid, I mean, it's not all that pleasant. No, there but, were all sorts of nobody, abuses in the billeting and all sorts of stuff nobody, with the young players back then. But nobody would ever... It's a culture thing in, in in sports for sure. You don't you don't talk about the coach. You don't talk about the coach being mean to you or abusing you or, or any of that coming down hard on you, because it's just not done. One and two, you're more concerned about your job. But that's a good point, Alex. What it needs right now, what the sport needs, is a champion, somebody of notoriety, like a Gretzky, like a Messier, somebody you know with gravitas, and say, okay, you know what, there is a problem, and why don't we start making a change? And not to mention. What the management on all these teams likely knew about this and yet hired these co- coaches. Um, there's no way at that level you don't know of, of Babcock. What you're uh, getting. Like, you know what you're getting in a coach, and yet they, they all get hired into these jobs. So where's the culpability at the upper, upper echelons of these teams? Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.